here is the situation, folks. Today we're talking about dreams. And no, I don't mean those things when you fall asleep that just pop up in that big empty noggin of yours. I'm talking more of the the dream, you know, the big picture stuff here. The stuff that you do then dream about achieving. See what I did there? Um, all brought together by uh, a little show that you might have seen on the weekend called The Oscars, where Kwan himself won his Academy Award and fulfilled his dream and to see that happen live on stage was something magical and it touched me very deeply so i thought i'd bring that question to all of you and my three companions here and just talk about what our dreams are and where they where they are now where they've been and we'll see where it takes us because this is the parking lot podcast with your friends kay latimer maggie prince elise bailey and myself ellie Chenda, with our again our special guest miss shannon tiger buckle up it's going to be a good one. Uh, and we have an exciting announcement. Um, Maggie Prince is going to be turning to a more behind the scenes role here on Parking Lot. And we are going to be bringing in for the foreseeable future rotating guests, starting with our aforementioned guest, Shannon. So thanks for coming on, Shannon. Give it up for Shannon, everybody. Can we get a round of applause? Can we get a... We get a W in the chat. We can, we can edit in the applause. I'll put in some That's really fine. loud applause. So I'm me like, we're here oh for a God. live audience. Yeah. Uh, you might have heard Shannon on some little known episodes such as uh, Carpooling with the Cullens and Double Parked on Diagon Alley. She is both a Harry Potter and a Twilight expert, which is hard to imagine. But someone can be both. But How can she someone is? have so much time? <laughs> It's hard to say. And so much knowledge of unimportant things. Um, Elise, how was your week? <sighs> Elliot, do you actually want to ask me that question? Do you yeah. actually want to hear a version of that story for the 900th time? Why stop now? In f- four days? Yeah, I would love to. You are the 900th people you've told? You tell me, Elliot. At well, least, Why yeah. are we so low down on your list? It's truly just proximity. It's people I've seen. And as I'm sure we'll get into, Elliot and I went on a small petite trip this week. So I did see a few more people ahead of you. And also things happened really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're hearing this, hopefully I've successfully continued on my path to starting a new role. Uh, I am making the jump to music. Huh? What? That's right, you guys. I'm going on a world tour. Just kidding. That's what Susan said when I texted her. She was like, what? Are you going on a concert? Uh, but I got offered uh, a job through interviewing at uh, a small little indie record label that got bought by a big company. And I'm going to be starting there in April. Congratulations. So, thank you. Big, big news. Big news. Uh, it's kind of a weird turn for me because it's nothing to do with film and television, but I got the blessing of the people that I really care about that I'm currently working with, and mm-hmm. they all felt like this is a cool opportunity that I wouldn't seek out for myself, but it's here in front of me, and maybe I should see what it is. So stay tuned with me as I can then give you more details about what my job is once I've started because then I'll know what it is. How would people stay tuned with you? They just keep the listening. podcast by subscribing. Yeah, subscribing. maybe leaving a comment on Instagram. Yeah, follow for follow. Because to my knowledge, I still haven't bought anybody lunch. Yeah, Elliot's so. not bought anybody lunch. I like this competition though. If you comment on this episode, if you comment on the thumbnail art for this episode, 
Elliot will take you to lunch. But you have to comment where you want to go to lunch. Within the first two hours of posting. What do you think, Elliot? You have to comment, good luck, Elise, on your new job. In order to get free lunch with Elliot? Yep. Okay. I didn't say with me, but someone will be getting lunch. Someone will get a booklet of McDonald's coupons. Yeah. Maybe okay. this is why no one's commenting. <laughs> They're like, I don't want to go for lunch. I just want to comment. That's too bad. You're actually That's deterring people from commenting. Billy said he wanted to comment, but he doesn't know how to use Instagram. Mm-hmm. He'd love to go for lunch. With Elliot or just lunch in general? Both. Very much both. Uh, but yeah, so I'll be making that transition soon. I've been, I'm going on my goodbye tour of my current job, but it's not goodbye. It's just see you later. It's, uh, you know, we'll always keep in touch. We'll always be friends. We'll always have love for each other. There is no bad blood. Uh, I'm not leaving because anybody did anything. It's just time. You know, it's not you, it's me type stuff. Yeah, truly. In the span of me being in the same place, you've now officially left two jobs. And I've I've left two jobs in the similar way of like, maybe I'll come back. Um, But yeah, so that was my week. It was a tumultuous week. It all happened really fast. I had an interview one day, got the offer the next day, and I accepted it the following day. So happened really fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so wish me luck. Send me flowers. Send me well wishes. Uh, be my reference. And if I get fired, uh, give me a job. Perfectly said. Thanks. Shannon, how was your week? My week was good. Uh, I actually got back from Mexico this Woo! week, mm. which Sexy. was great. It was a fabulous trip. Um, I think I've come to realize that the person that I'm meant to be is a person who... Only has a pina colada in their hand? Literally, yes. I drank so many pina coladas and I was like, what? How good would life be if I just never had to do anything ever again You're just a cheeky girl on the Speaking beach of dreams right honestly early it, retirement it was such a it was such a uh high um kaylin uh so the a group of five of us went um and kaylin my friend vanessa's girlfriend we were trying to figure out where exactly we we just felt like we were peaking uh and kaylin said that we were at the the tippity top which is the opposite of rock bottom oh i get it i and love that it was very, very accurate. And then we all came back and uh, immediately crashed into rock bottom. <laughs> Isn't the opposite of rock bottom rock top? No, it's no, tippity it's top. Tippity top. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I don't think you heard the story. <laughs> I just knew about that. I was like, wouldn't you want to be at the top of the rock? Uh, the Rockefeller Center? Tippity top of like ev- top everything. Of I've invited myself next year on your Mexico trip. Yeah, um, it was it was great. We would. It was a beautiful resort. We would definitely go back. The weather was amazing. All inclusive is like the only way to do something like that because you just don't, you don't have to think as someone who thinks all day in their job and is constantly having to make decisions, having to not even think about where to go for lunch because it's the buffet with the giant bowl of guacamole Mm -hmm. at the lunch buffet. And Mm -hmm. every day we would start our lunch with a soup bowl full of guacamole that we would share at the table. It was incredible. Do you not like guacamole? I don't know if I like a soup bowl of guacamole. It's just the, a lot of guacamole. It was just we needed a huge yeah. just of get that. More, just that. get more chips. There's five yeah. of us. That's true. We need a lot of guacamole. Were they good chips? They were fresh tortilla chips. That's pretty good. Because you hear a lot of stuff about resort food, so I wasn't sure. But the food was wonderful. The beach was wonderful. Uh, 
I, I kept making this joke. Well, people at work, they were like, Oh my God, I was, how was your trip? And I was like, Oh, it was amazing. I am uh, absolutely devastated to be back here. I hate it here. And they would laugh and like and I was like, kidding. I'm not, <laughs> like, I'm not kidding. I'm very upset. Truly, to I you. wish I was not here. Uh, so that was uh, that was my week and uh, recovering from that and then saw Kate a lot this week. Yeah, we went very much spent quite a bit of time. Quite a bit of time. Went to a fish-themed birthday party, which was great. Shout out to Dan. Happy birthday. Oh, yeah. Birthday. I want to hear about that. Yeah, it was great. Uh, it was a really good time. Dan, happy birthday. I had such a good time. But what was eerie was the time changed while we were out. Yes, that was very distressing. Have you ever been out and about during a time change East End at a fish themed birthday party picture it you're in the East End you're not sure which way is up yeah (laughs) bad vibes already don't smoke out front because men with machetes walk up and down the street he's like go out back I was like cool got it it." but it was the night was winding down and we're like oh my god how did it already get to to two o'clock we've we've got to go home it was like 157 we got to go all saying goodbye we're sort of like okay yeah it's like two o'clock and then somebody if i feel like it was maggie or somebody looked at their phone and was like oh my god it's three because it does the, the time switch on the iphone and it it doesn't mean anything time is meaningless uh, but suddenly but everyone, was like, moment, we everyone was like we have to leave right now it's three, it's three o'clock in the morning the sun's gonna come up soon <laughs> It was really weird. I don't know. I don't think I've ever done that before. Been out with the time change. No, it was like everyone was cool, sort of just chatting, and then we realized, like, oh, we, we have yeah. To I think we were go. awake. We just didn't notice. We were just probably just going to sleep. There was a dog at the party who looked a lot like Billy. It wasn't Billy. It wasn't Billy. It was a it was a nine year old dog who uh, Dan's girlfriend was dog sitting. Oh wow! Yeah, very cute a, dog. A cute uh, appearance. I feel like at a party that size, next time you could bring Billy. I just don't want to be worried. I don't like it's a break for me too. Mm. I have more fun when the dog's not there. I look forward to the day I can leave him for this podcast. Wow! Did you hear that, Billy? It just he's a pretty full time job when he's around. You yeah, know? fair enough. That was my week, Kate. How was your week? My week was pretty similar to yours, other than uh, Mexico. In that. Um, we did spend the weekend at Dan's birthday party. We watched the Oscars, which we'll get into. Um, but the Oscars was like a sp- an especially good year, I feel like, because I was hungover from the birthday party. So I went to my parents' house at 1 p.m., laid on their couch and just started watching ABC's live stream coverage of all of their like interviews with the celebs beforehand. And then I proceeded to sit on the couch for the next like 10 hours, um, which was wonderful. And then at some point it was just like Shannon arrived, a massive amount of Thai food arrived. My dad put a fire on. It was just like a really cozy Sunday. I had a little nap. We also, um, shout out to my roommate. She came and um, met some of my friends. We went to play pool on Thursday night. Alisa I'd like and to keep doing that. Where we like showed up real casual. Yeah, we do like a little a bit late. Sorry, got their own pool table and said, "See you guys at the other side." We were not in charge of our arrival time. To yeah. be fair, to be who fair. was in charge of your arrival time? Well, we were we waiting were, on our guests. We were, we were driven. Oh, anyway, um, so it was very much like separate, uh parties 
but it kind of worked. Uh, and we had a good time and, um, it was, yeah, it was a good week. I'm very much in the phase of winter where I'm so over it. I can't even wake up and do another day until there's no more snow on the ground. I'm right. so done with this, this weather. I like, I cannot function anymore. I, I think like I need to move to a warmer climate because I just shut down at this point in the year. I worked from home today and I was like, can I cancel the podcast? Cause I just don't want to leave the house. But, but I'm so glad I didn't. You didn't cancel. I just, I just pushed through. Elliot, how was your week? My week was all right. Um, at least we're probably going to go back and forth here. You're going to fill the gaps here. But we spent the weekend. Gaps in memory. Yeah. We spent the weekend in um, Kingston. One more time. This will Again. be your second time in Kingston. In second time. In three weeks. In one season. Yeah. And last, because my brother will be finishing school soon, so I will have no reason to go back there ever again, which is a really warm, comforting feeling. Um, but we had a, we went this time with my parents. So it was, you know, the kids and the old folks and we got in the car and we drove out and listened to like 18 episodes of the Smartless podcast, which was Is that fun. your favorite podcast? Yeah, I think currently. Yeah. Um, we got to the, uh, bed and breakfast and we were greeted by this, this woman and she had a little bit of a strange demeanor to her as soon as we walked in. And I don't know strange if it's, how? it's just like a Kingston thing where they just don't speak right or You're act You're going to get in trouble with a lot of Kingston listeners. I really couldn't care less. Um, but we got there and then she was like, oh, you guys are the guys that booked this room and this room. I'm really, we really. We did call you. We did call you, but there's something, um, I'm really, really, really unfortunate to say that uh, one of the rooms is, um, it is unable to be rented it is, for this evening. It is uninhabitable. Uninhabitable. That was the word that she used. She said uninhabitable. We were like, what? There's you, only four rooms. Right. And it's like, happened? it's a tiny house that they've turned into this bed and breakfast. And when someone says uninhabitable, you mean like, I'm assuming there's body parts still up yeah, there yeah. that I can't see or whatever. And so that Elise goes into PI mode and she says, well, what happened? And I was chiller than that. We're more chill about that for sure. Uh, but like, oh, what happened? What per tell? happened and could you describe the chain of events she just kept trying to tiptoe around it as much as possible well you know it's just it's just it's not comfortable it's very at the unfortunate moment very what unfortunate. has happened in this room it's yeah. very unfortunate and she was like so we actually are putting you in the basement and this like they have like a studio apartment in the basement that's like usually for long-term rentals so she's like you'll be in the basement which is actually not a suite it is an apartment but it was a basement apartment. It wasn't like, oh my God. It was like, oh, this is a basement. No. If I lived in Kingston, this is probably where I'd live yeah. in a basement the, apartment. You know, the room was not was not bad by any means. It was just, it was more the the imagination of what, what happened, happened in this other yeah. room. And I kept asking. So she, Unhabitable. At least just kept asking her. You might have asked her at least 15 times. And finally she just said like, the participant just... The people who were staying there might have just had a little a bit little too much to drink. And then immediately our brains were like, is there poo everywhere? Yeah. Is there vomit like, everywhere? You, did they like smash each other's heads through the wall? From what like, end what? did the stuff that we can't see come out of? And she basically didn't say anything didn't other say, than that. She alluded that something had happened to the toilet, which made it unusable. <laughs> I love that. But I was like, we're all friends here. Just say it. I was like, I don't you're I don't care. What am I gonna do? Be like, clean it up. The thing about B and B's is that 
I find often the kind of person who's drawn to becoming a B&B owner is often like a very specific type of person who wants, who's like enjoying the idea of having a constant flow of guests join them for breakfast. Mm -hmm. And so there's a level of like looking to meet strangers that just isn't, it's an odd vibe often. And from all the Airbnb or the B&Bs that I've stayed in as a child with my parents, I, I feel like it's my number one way to travel. Yeah. And if they were more affordable, I would be at a B&B anytime I went anywhere. It was beautiful. It's just there are bits and pieces that either a regular hotel or someplace other than a and b exceeds. But then, so like we ended up staying in the room and then we ended up going the rest of the night was was fun. We were, it was me, Elise, my parents and two of their friends who are also my parents' age. So it's just, you know, us with the, with the fifties and up. But we love them. Like they're a lot oh, they're of great. fun. We have a yeah. lot of fun with them. Why were they there? Because mm-hmm. they wanted to come. Because <laughs> they went to Queens. They went so to they're Queens. kind of like going down memory lane. Or and whatever. once again, like, this like event was organized around food. So it was like we were all going to go visit Oliver at the restaurant he yeah. works at. Mm-hmm. But uh, we and Elliot were like, last time we went, we did a lot of partying. So this time we're with the we're with our parents. We're just going to have a chill night. We're going to have dinner, call it a night. But Ray and Allison were like, woo, we're back. We're back, baby. They were on a different vibe. They were for on a sure. different path. They were like, they let's were rushing. bar hop, shot shots shots and then it was like the next morning at breakfast everybody was very quiet and we were trying to like recall the night and your mom was like i don't that, i don't no, remember cause, that because we went to a restaurant where we had champagne before we left and then we went to the restaurant and then we went to a bar and then we went to another bar and we were gonna go to one more bar after that too we were gonna go to one more was it all the same bars that they'd gone to is uh you kind of some of one them, of them yeah. was and because the last one that we went to is a bar called the Toucan, which is basically just like a grungy Irish bar. And Ray and Allison had been there before and there was a screamo band playing in the basement. Oh, amazing. And Allison was like, let's go see the band. And like all this kind of stuff and dragging Elise down she there was, to like, watch the band. running up and down trying to see if there was like a spot we could all go down. The screamo band's like, oh, I want to yeah, and Angels she's like, there's like a couple yeah. like making out aggressively against the wall, like one person carrying the other person. They're just like making out in the like literally in the middle of the dining room. There's like beer everywhere. Everybody's like on different levels. And your dad was like, I would love if we were not here. And yeah. instead I was asleep. Yeah. And then they left <laughs> yeah. very promptly they, after that. They left, but then we stayed out later to hang out with Oliver mm-hmm. and then continue to drink more. Yeah. But then we eventually, you know, we weren't up when the when the time changed happened, so we didn't have that debacle. But the next morning, so you had to kind of fill out a breakfast sheet. I mean, like you either have this option for breakfast or this option for breakfast. It has like the breakfast. name of all the rooms on it. And so you just like literally write on this sheet, like I what know. were your breakfast options? There was two. There was a sweet one and a savory one. The sweet one was banana French toast. Yeah. And then the savory one, the savory <laughs> one was called egg... What is it, it called? It's not called egg. It's shashushka. 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 Right. That's so, a good breakfast. That's ooh, delicious. It's not a good breakfast. Oh, um, if it's made right, was yeah, it not? And it was not. Oh. Um, but I didn't, I've never heard of shashushka before. And then you look up pictures of it and you're like, oh, this looks nice. This looks like a good, nice, like, I don't know. What's like, the background of the hosts? Do you know where they're from? Oh, white have, people? I have no ah, idea. So is not a native food for them. No. No. Yeah. Um... So like, I think it's like a, there's like a specific kind of B&B type goer that, I don't know, sees 
shakshuka as the breakfast option and gets like really excited like oh my god wow we wouldn't get that anywhere but i don't know there's a i look so forward to the breakfast the following night after going out and doing whatever drinking and listening to screamo but it was like looking at the two options i was like i don't want either of these but i was like you know what i'll put down the shakshuka and i'll i'll give it the give it the old college try and so we get there for the morning and as soon as we get there in the morning it's already kind of chaos among the people who work in the bnb because my dad you know he likes to order things for everyone to kind of taste a little bit everything so he ordered two extra meals from the seven people that were there or there was one extra yeah something like that and because your brother joined us so your dad ordered like two of everything and then on top of it like we ordered one they ray and allison ordered two like yeah so there's like maybe one or two more than the amount of heads that were there and that causes like panic in the kitchen because they have to make well they say they make everything for the amount of people that are there or whatever it is were there not four bedrooms there yeah but they were not full like there was like another couple that like came in so you have to also rate what time you want to eat but shouldn't they be ready to make eight breakfasts at a time You'd think. You'd think, but like there was another couple staying there that ate breakfast at 8 a.m. So they like made those two and then there's two less that they need to make. Mm-hmm. I love a bed and breakfast who can I offer you neither the bed you're promised nor the breakfast. Yeah. yeah. Um, like we can't do either of those things. Yeah. Either way, the food comes out and at least gets the French toast, which is like already covered in maple syrup. They don't even like give you the maple syrup on the side. So it's just like, it's like a banana caramel, like mash. Just like top. eating ice cream in the morning. It was so sweet and so intense. And then the shakshuka comes out and it's basically a bowl of salsa <laughs> with a very hard fried egg on top that was fried. I'd like to say at 8 a.m., when the other people when ordered it. When the other it? people ordered it. No. And it's just like a totally hard yolk. It was like totally hard with an egg uh, in it. And like you know when horrible. the you know when the yolk starts to turn like a little bit gray? Or gazpacho. Oh <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was like gazpacho with an old egg. Yeah. Did you send it back? No, no it's like well, what, everybody's what cost? The same. Like, and They're like, it, this is what how it was meant this to come is out. It. And it's everybody's just, came out like one at a time. I think and, it's just it's there's a very specific people that would have the best time of their life staying there. And they'd be like, yeah. This is the greatest weekend. We finally made it to Kingston, my favorite city I've ever wanted to be to. We are not those people. Yeah. My um, great egg breakfast experience. And, and there's no other option. It's not like you could just get like a standard two. like bacon and eggs yeah, or it's like just like who doesn't want scrambled eggs and bacon in the morning? Everybody. And the whole thing, I was like, I just, I'm really looking forward to the crunchy. It even wrote like in the description of the breakfast, crunchy toast. My toast, not even toast. It was like a slice of rye bread untoasted. Anyway. That makes me so sad. It's just like, and then when you, when you order a coffee, it comes in a French press. That's only two cups. Which only has, like, you know, if there's only two people. He's like, oh, looks so cute, the little French press. But then you have to wait. You're like, oh, can we have some more coffee? Like, we have to brew a whole new French press. You have to wait, and then you can push it. <laughs> yeah. You're like, yeah. just get me some fucking drip coffee. And I was like, there are seven of us. Yeah. <laughs> All so drinking it was, coffee. It was one French press per table. Yeah. For, Pretty much. Per couple. Yeah. yeah. So they Only would like. If you want one cup of coffee. Two people would get coffee, and they would have to say, like, can we get another? And they're like, we're hungover. We need five cups of coffee. Yeah. Yeah. And then we all got in the car and we drove back and we all got hungry about 30 minutes into the drive. And we I was going to say, did you get a second breakfast? We stopped at a Tim Hortons and I had to On get On the way a... there, we did get the chicken Big Mac. Oh, yeah, that's true. How was it? It's it was not very pretty good. Mid. 
Bummer. It was like, because it's, it's the same batter that they use for nuggets. I thought it would be like the junior chicken kind of batter. Mm. I thought it'd be two junior chicken patties, which no. I was like, fuck a yeah. It's just two thin nuggets. Nuggets, pretty much. And like, they were like, you know when you have like, not, I mean, I don't know if any McNugget is fresh, but you know when you get a McNugget that's like less than fresh and it's almost like, it almost like crumbles like styrofoam. Like you take a bite into it and it's just like, there's, it's not even pretending to be chicken. That's what these patties were like. Uh-uh. Was I was like, I wasn't even sure if I was eating uh, any bite of chicken and it mostly tasted like pickle. And then we got back and then we watched the Oscars. Nice. What time have... did you get back at? We got back around three. On did Sunday. you watch some pre-shows? No. no. Did you pre-game? No. At least did took you... a, at least took a nap and I took a shower. Yeah, I took a, I took a nap. The Oscars, the ninety fifth Oscars. What did you think of the eighty fifth ninety fifth Oscars? <laughs> Top level. What do you think of the champagne carpet instead of red carpet? Uh, well, as Greg said, beige. It's a beige carpet, uh, and it was very boring. But did the dresses pop more on it? Was what I was realizing the next day when I was watching the fashion roundups. Some of them did. Some I of them blended in and washed everybody out. I think it actually looked pretty nice with the red drapes and the champagne carpet. At first, I was upset. I didn't miss the red carpet. And yeah. I was fine with it at the end of the at the end of the experience. Well, there you go. Um, but we did find it quite boring. Shannon came to my house to watch it. If we mentioned that in our weeks already. Mm-hmm. So now what is that? Year three? Four? Four, yeah. Uh, now permanent tradition. Um, and we were there for La 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 Land Moonlight debacle. Oh yeah. We were there Moonlight. for the Moonlight slap. One. We've been there for some of the most uh, egregious errors and Isn't upsets. Isn't that crazy that both of those blunders happened in our lifetime? Yeah. Like people, <laughs> our children are going to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. And so to have um, an Oscars where absolutely nothing went wrong, other than El- Elizabeth Banks stumbled out. Yeah. Which and then my, she was like, if, if the next she couldn't Oscar talk. I couldn't talk. And my mom's like, there was something up with that Elizabeth Banks. I don't know what. The, and we're like, we. she tripped on her dress. And my mom's like. She thought mm, something was they, going on. The cameraman knew it was going to happen because they were. She was the only person that the camera was so low to the ground and was capturing her feet walk. And as she walked out, her dress, her, dra- her dress, her dress, her dress was draped underneath her shoe. And it's like the cameraman was like this. She's she's, she's going to trip. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone saw it coming from a yeah. mile away. In, in. Yeah. <laughs> the guy in the control room was like, camera eight, in, in, in. <laughs> So uh, that was the biggest gossip of the night was Elizabeth Banks, yeah. who looked tripped. a mess, sounded a mess, and was acting was a fool. And is a mess. directing and a directed movie called a, a Cocaine mess. Bear. Yeah, it's not supposed to be very good. No, no. Um, but I had a good time. All that being said, I thought Jimmy Kimmel killed it with his opening monologue. What little of it we could see because we did have some reception issues. Yeah, um, thoughts thoughts on Jimmy Kimmel. He, he made an Ozempic joke, which I thought was funny. Um, very good. of the moment. Very, very time, timely. Um, I, I liked his jokes about the slap. I think really any jokes about the slap right now are funny. It feels mm. like fair game. We just kept yelling. We thought he was going to make a slap joke first thing. And and so it, he, we thought it was sort of master restraint mm-hmm. that he waited so long into his monologue to bring it up. That was a great joke, though. He like came in. He's, he acknowledged the elephant in the room. Will Smith slapped Chris Rock, and then he won Best Actor. Yeah, and everyone was uncomfortable. <laughs> you get to win. You get to make a 19-minute speech. Yeah. Yes, and if you win this year, I hope you'll all do exactly what you did last year, which was absolutely nothing. nothing. 
Give him a hug. <laughs> Give the assailant a hug. <laughs> Give the assailant a hug. Yeah, I thought he was really funny. It felt like this year uh, was almost uh, a bit of a an apology for all of the nonsense of the past couple years. They brought a bunch of the awards back. Yeah. Just, like live on the telecast because everyone was outraged last year because it felt like the technical creative yeah. awards got very... Shafted. Shafted off to the side, which isn't necessarily fair because like makeup, hair, costume, whatever really makes a movie. And everyone seemed to have a very like triumphant time. They didn't feel like there was really any upsets, any. Well, I think they've still messed up on giving people enough time to do speeches. Like the yeah. smaller categories, like uh, yeah. like the documentary when they like, clearly that woman was so excited to say something and they just yeah. cut them off as soon as possible. You, you, need can to be, see... you need to be right by that microphone. But then it's not fair because other people get a long time to ramble. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you can feel how long some people's speeches are where you're like, okay, this is crazy that they get to just go on and on and on. But this other person because they're not from here. Only you, know, you move on. I don't care yeah. about your documentary. Instead, I think we get. You need to elect a spokesperson and have one person speak. I don't no, care. One person. Don't yeah, but then the Daniels both get to talk both times. Well, that's a specific. Oh God! And also, I've never been more over the Daniels. Yeah, they were I'm a little like, annoying, right? On. Yeah, a little. I I don't love them as like humans. I just think they're annoying. I like their movie. Yeah. Um, what else was I going to say? Oh, if I were the producer of the Oscars, what I would do is I would get all nominees to work with a speechwriter mm-hmm. and be like, you know what's a huge part of this show? Your acceptance speech. So just in case you win, let's really iron out what you're going to say. The same let's have drafts. Be. Let's time it. You should rehearse it. Like... Think of this as just the next step of your career. Yeah. And the same thing goes for the people that they hire to do the op, whatever, while they're doing the red carpet stuff that they cut to. That's not the two main people. Even the two main people. That's. Did you see when um, Hugh Grant came up and talked to whomever? He's just like, she's like, oh, where'd you get your suit? And he's like, my tailor. And like, just was giving her nothing. And very offensive. Which know, in some like, ways is very, it's very like British and yeah, dry. It's so but British. also, like, oh, you're so annoying. Yeah, they, yeah. She could have asked better questions. He could have given better responses. My mother was fully on Hugh Grant's side. And I was like, he's being an asshole. And she was like, she's not asking good questions. I also think your questions were fine. You're at the Oscars. Yeah, it's what, a question it's, everybody's getting asked. I was asked. like, be prepared to answer who are you excited to see tonight since you're not here to promote a movie. Yeah, why was yeah. he? He was even there because he was in what, 10 seconds of Glass Onion? which he even says and I was like don't be a dick like that where you're like I was in three seconds of it he was there to present like with Andy McDowell extremely English thing to do yeah. yeah he did call himself a scrotum though during he the show he won me back yeah. a little yeah. bit I was like, that. All right. I thought that was pretty funny and the award for best comeback yeah mm-hmm. is Vanessa Hudgens gonna talk to Austin Butler that's, that's all, all we, anybody that's was all looking we for talked did about. you see the footage I of did. her walking by him yeah. no People what magazine went crazy and posted yeah. like a fan edit to this like really sad <laughs> song. Like the official people yeah. magazine so they, TikTok. They officially walked past each like, other. Like he was standing on the street and she's like looking at her phone and she walks like he's standing and she walks like right in front of him and then he kind of like looks after her and then like looks down but he's also standing there alone and then on the red carpet because I was like waiting. I was like are they going to have Vanessa Hudgens interview Austin There's Butler no in this little red carpet thing? There's I no was way. hoping that they would. I was would. hoping for they the, would. For the views. Just for the drama but then Ashley Graham does it and she's like 
like, so who's your date tonight? Which she did not ask anybody else. <laughs> and then he says this really weird pragmatic thing of being like, oh, I decided I to bring my, my best friend. Spin my best by my friend side. Been there with me we don't care. Goddamn time. It's like, I brought my new voice and person. His girlfriend was there. Kaya, was she there? Kaya Gerber. Oh, we've all seen the photo of her meeting Vanessa Hudgens as a child. As a child, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite photos on the internet. <laughs> I was trying to explain to my parents what the stakes were for that situation, and neither one of them could give less of a shit. Oh, I was like, I don't care. I I felt like somebody had Vanessa Hudgens do this just for that reason. Because I was like, why is she here? I don't even understand why. She did another award. uh, I think she did it last year. Yeah. Did she? I think think so. I think it's like a thing. Interesting. Definitely to stir the pot. I was like, mom, have you heard of High School Musical? She's like, "Mm, no. Do you know who Zac Efron is? (laughs) No. What I will say that I really liked because Austin Butler, I find um, a little annoying. I thought you just called him Awesome Butler. Awesome <laughs> Butler. Or I call him Awesome Butler. Awesome Butler. Uh, his voice, his Elvis voice, where he's like, yeah, this is my voice now. I'm like, it's, it's he's not. Gonna, he's gonna keep that forever. No. And the fact that everyone's just sort of been like, oh, he worked so hard and now he's stuck with this Elvis. Like, oh, what a dedic- like he's dedicated to his craft and he didn't win anything. And Thank I kinda God. love that. He was like in playing with the big boys and everyone was like, mm, no, but literally then, the big boys, Brandon Frazier. Like the contrast of good joke. Yeah. I think, think it's a good one for that one. A little whale joke. Um, the contrast is when um, Pedro Pascal was there and you get to hear Pedro Pascal's real voice. And you're like, oh, so you're putting on a voice for, for Every everything character. that you do, which was interesting. I like him better in The Last of Us than in real life. I was like, your pants are a little too long, my friend. And too baggy. He hasn't. He hasn't accepted that he's a heartthrob, and so he's not bringing that presence on the carpet. And I'm. This is one of his first ones, I think. So mm. I think it's very new to him. It's a practice. Um, he's only been a heartthrob for the celebrities. Vanessa Hudgens asked him if he identified as a heartthrob. He said oh. he no, got he really was, confused. He was interviewed by Ashley Graham. Oh, whichever one. Because she was hitting on him. She was like, "You should wear your glasses tonight." Oh, she got. She was like really. She flipped on him she was really nervous and very giggly and I was like oh, you, you're just like us you she's one of on us Pedro she's Pascal. just one of us wearing her post swim cape I will say though there were parts of the show that felt very predictable to once it was going to know who was going to win because they did the animation category like the f- feature animation film and they cut to all the different movies and they cut to the different people and they cut to Guillermo a, he, I've heard that movie is very good. But they cut to him. He's already backstage. Yeah, he's already backstage. Because he can't walk that well. Yeah. And like, why would he be backstage? Oh. And <laughs> he comes out you, comes out from backstage to accept yeah, the award. Yeah, accept the award. Like, he wouldn't uh, even he come from his seat. Oh, I didn't even notice that. Yeah. yeah. And then as soon as they say the final award of the night is going to be delivered by Harrison Ford. Who do you think is going to win that award? Who's going to win? Well, even before Harrison Ford came out, I feel like... That's why they got Harrison Ford? Yeah. Not because he's in the show Shrinking on Apple TV, actually. Well, I was like, why the fuck? That did not click till just now. I was like, why did they... Because I know it can't be Will Smith, but I was like, why Harrison Ford? (laughs) Yeah. They That'd just, be amazing if they got Will they Smith. Create, like, you come back. They want to create movie moments in their movie show. And it's like, when it came down to it, even we're watching Best Actor, I'm like, there's no way that they're not going to give 
Brendan Fraser, the comeback of his life and like restart his whole career, be like, Brendan Fraser has this second win because he won this Oscar or whatever this whole thing, yeah, right? Because you every room he walks like, into, uh, and he's like bubbling or whatever doing yeah. his speech or whatever, and he's like sweating and crying. And then he went into the like the after the the press afterwards, whatever that's called, like the Oscars post press thing. He walks in the room and everyone's like, and he's like, is this gonna happen every time? And he's yeah. like holding his Oscar. Everyone's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He deserved it, and I think more people from the whale should have won things. Like Hong Chow should have won. I yeah. still haven't seen the whale. I'd love, I'd love to see it. They can only give one award to one Asian woman. We were talking about that today at work about how like Jamie Lee Curtis, I don't think did an Oscar worthy performance in Everything Everywhere All at Once. She was amazing. No, she but got it's someone's the politics. toes put in her mouth. Yeah, but it's the politics of like, but she has had a lifetime of a, amazing achievements that she's never been recognized for. And like, this is the time to give her that Oscar. I predicted it. And I was, I got a lot of points for it. I loved no Everything did. Everywhere All at Once. You all, y'all know that, but I do think it won too many things. Oh, when I was yeah. looking at the winners of everything, it was Everything Everywhere All at Once and All Quiet on the Western Front. Yeah. yeah. Which I have seen and I did love. All I'm quiet probably going to watch that. I watched it. You'll love I'm it. I'm going to watch it this weekend, but I just felt like there were so many amazing movies this year in particular. There were so many movies that were snubbed, which happens every year, but like. I just felt like what do like a two four. I don't know whose dick you're sucking, but you really yeah. What well, I will say one. that's interesting about everything, everywhere, all at once, winning all those awards is that uh, I watched like a compilation of previous Oscar winners of the past like ten, twenty years or whatever, um, and uh, a lot of people were sort of touting it as a very um, hopeful sweep, just in that. Uh, the like the proving of of the weird mm-hmm. original stories actually being yeah worthwhile. Um, I I think this was more of a statement than it was yeah uh, in an accolade. Less like mm-hmm. historical right. drama, less biopics. So many of the best actress winners of the last twenty years have been um, based on on real people, like historical figures. Totally. So yeah. I was watching Richard Brody of the New the New Yorker film critic. He did a video where he talked about his 10 best movies of the year that he thought should have been nominated and why he thought the 10 best that were nominated were like not really valid. And I thought it was a really good, he, ha- he just has like cultural, he, he like has trends that he's looking at of what is valued in society that I can't get into it now. I don't remember what he said, but everyone should go watch the Richard Brody video because he's just got an interesting take. And the movies that he did love were um, looked really beautiful. Um, uh, I also wanted to say I thought this was very emotional Academy Awards. Mm-hmm. We were I cried a bunch. We were crying quite a bit, especially in the first few minutes because because um, of Jimmy Kimmel's slap joke. Yeah, mm-hmm. we thought that was just emotionally triggering. Uh, but yeah, I've never cried more because it was like short roundup one. I say because I don't remember his name. Kwan. Kwan. Uh Jamie Lee Curtis made you me cried because she was Jamie Lee Curtis who had like millions and millions of dollars, and she's. I just fine. love her, and uh, I like my how parents she was won an Oscar. Now I did. No, they never won an Oscar. They're nominated. Oh my god, tough. And then the Nepo kid baby. with Down syndrome got sung Happy Birthday to. Yeah, it was really and sweet. I was like, kind. Oh boy, where waterworks are starting. And then uh, you know what? What maybe it was a manufactured movie moment, but Harrison Ford and Kwan yeah. hugging. Mm-hmm. Ooh, did that sure. get yeah. me? 
I also, yeah. I was a little teary at like the the documentary about the Russian opposition leader who yeah. is in prison and his wife being like, this is for you and like can barely speak English. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that doc? No. Oh, you'll love that too. I'd that is watch that. really good. <laughs> and it's directed by a 30 year old Montrealer. Wow. Which made me feel bad about myself. Yeah. Is Montreal such a bad place? Because I'm going to be 30 next year. Oh, and you don't and have I, an Oscar? And I haven't been spending <laughs> the last three years with the leader of the Russian opposition. Yeah. Go to North Korea. See what's going on there. I do think the best speech besides Kikwan was the two guys who wrote the Natu Natu song, though. Oh, yeah. Have you seen RRR, Shannon? No, but oh, I want to now. I highly recommend. It was amazing. And I was talking to Susan about that today, about how like I told her about RRR before the Oscars. So she I like explained the plot to her. But it's still so funny to see people react to like that dance and that song with no context. Because like, why is everybody dressed in these weird dresses? What, what is this setting? Like, I think out of all of them, because it's literally a scene from the movie. And then everybody just falls down at one point. You're like, why? <laughs> you Why? don't have the context, but we there's, were like, nah, 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 nah. there's literally a, tw- it feels like it could be 20 minute scene of people dance fighting, like actual dance fighting. And then it's just like this thing of they had to keep doing the same move over and over. It's, I think that might be the, one of the best movies yeah. I've ever seen in my entire Honestly, life. Honestly, like it's so much fun to watch. You have to go in it, into it with no expectations and know that like whatever you think is going to happen is not gonna happen and it's gonna be something crazy that you could have never ever anticipated like this movie raises the stakes it's almost like their reaction to like because again i feel stupid because i don't watch a lot of action bollywood movies so i don't really know what the standard is but it feels like their reaction to kind of like superhero genre of like the organic superhero who's just like grown but at the same time not because they're not superheroes they're just like what if there was one guy who was so fast and so strong he could outrun a wolf and a tiger and use one of those animals Mm -hmm. as a weapon against the other yeah, and throw a motorcycle <laughs> what Sounds if amazing. somebody could dance for three hours in yeah. order to win the affection of a woman uh and i just think it's such a fun is that movie. the plot of the movie who can dance I can't, you, it's three different movies you can't okay. even begin to get it's into just, what that plot of it's that movie what if is. that guy existed what if there were two of them and what if they were best friends just that to sounds pa- amazing. Just to paint you a picture, there's with no context, there's a scene of this train crashes, right? It's on this bridge, and there's this boy who's like in the water underneath this bridge, and the train is falling, it's on fire. One train car is gonna fall one off the bridge. One train car is like on fire, him. it's gonna fall on top of him. There's one dude on a bridge, the one main character. The other dude is on the beach, two kilometers away. And through everyone, they see each other lock eyes two kilometers away and he does like one they hand just go signal. like this they just raise his fist up in the air and through that they know we both have to save this kid we right both now have to run to other sides of the bridge get this rope throw it over you go on your motorcycle as fast as you can i'll use weight suspension on the other side of the bridge you grab the boy i'll let go the weights will shift then we'll throw him through the fire it's insane it's like, <laughs> it's like if james bond had a brother who he worked with yeah, yeah. who was also as fast, strong, and under... They're like, what if this one man beat 2,000 men to death on his own? It's crazy. What if he did that? And he does. And he does. <laughs> and he wins. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I didn't find the song as catchy as they said it was good. It's oh the new God. Jai Ho. It's, it's, Sorry. That was a catchy song. It, Move over, Jai Ho. It slaps. Yeah. And her introduction of that song, too, was incredible. It was so... It was really nice, yeah, right? She was yeah. so good. Is she from the movie? I think... 
think she's just random Indian lady. And I feel like that would be poor taste on the Oscars. I think I think, I think she's she in the just movie. went to the streets. Do you want to introduce RRR? We, we say we think because there's also a lot of people in that movie. It's like a huge cast. It's over yeah. three hours long. It's, it's like crazy. It's classic crazy. Bollywood. Very, but very long movies. That was, I think, the best musical performance. I thought Rihanna was Aich. I was like, give us nothing. Give us everything. This is all I need. But you but you get to a point where like you talk about how boring it is. When they're singing, there's an actual music performance to break up the singing. I was like, I can't wait I this is over because we then we get into the next this. category yeah. to get this yeah, going. This sucks. Lady Gaga, I was like, why are you doing this? I don't, because she's like, she she strips off all her makeup. She's wearing a black t-shirt, black ripped jeans. She's in front of the band. She's like, this song is really, really personal to me. It's really emotional. I'm like, my friend, you wrote this for Top Gun. Like, who is this emotional for? Did your friend go mock 10 and died? Like, what are you talking about? Tom Cruise isn't even here. I felt like both honestly and honestly I felt like Rihanna's song there was like a little bit of like teary like this is for Chadwick Boseman I was like that's beautiful that's wonderful but the song kind of sucked song was just the same verse over and over again and so did Lady Gaga's I felt like they were both phoning it in and they both were like wrote these emotional songs thinking I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna get an Oscar for it and I was like they're boring they're forgettable and your performances felt boring and forgettable i said lady gaga and i have dressed the same for the academy awards <laughs> i was so glad that rrr won the sound one but then also uh the girl who plays joy in uh everything everywhere all at once and david byrne did that song and i wanted that like made my insides hurt it was so uncomfortable it was so weird why didn't they get misky to do it i don't know she wasn't holding it the way she needed to. And David Byrne did not sound great. No, it was but really David weird. David Byrne never sounds good. Well, they sound like weird in a good way, but he just sounded not. When he's singing with somebody weird. else who's trying to sing, it did not sound yeah, good. Yeah, he needs to be alone. Yeah. Yeah, that was tough. Controversial opinion Top Gun, better than everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah, that is controversial, and I do think you're incorrect. Yeah, it's a bad, it's a bad take. <laughs> Sorry, Elliot. Worst take of the night. <laughs> anyway. Unforgivable, possibly. Makes me look at you in a new light. If if Kwan was in Top Gun, it would have been the greatest film but ever. He wasn't. Made. He was in Everything Everywhere All at Once, and that was the best film. No, who is in it? The emotionless Jennifer Connelly. I was just gonna say Jennifer Connelly, who when she was there, I was like, huh? And then I had to remember that she is in the movie. But she, she had the pivotal smiles role. Smiles in her like Ralph Lauren outfits <laughs> yeah. the whole time. She had the pivotal role of hot lady. Yeah, hot lady that Tom Cruise thinks is hot. Hot age appropriate lady for Tom Cruise. Yeah. Do you know what I find weird? I find it weird that Tom Cruise is still Elron Hubba Hubba. Like what is going on? Tom Cruise everyone's just like but he's fine. It's Tom Cruise he's fine and I'm like he's a full he's full like high up Scientologist. Spaghetti monster in but the But there's so many of them. You'd, you'd have to like leave ho- you wouldn't have Hollywood if you kicked but out I just, the Scientologists. I honestly I just find it crazy. Every time someone's like oh my god Tom Cruise is amazing. Every time he does anything I'm like Katie Holmes needed a team of people and like burner phones to divorce this guy. Yeah. It it Because she, no she was worried acknowledges. Because she was worried that she would disappear. Scientology goes. I think Elizabeth it's crazy. Elizabeth Moss is also Scientologist. Yeah. John Travolta is also a scientist. That's pretty obvious. Did yeah, you see he his? Looks like did you one. see his drawn-on beard? <laughs> that was <laughs> just truly dark. Yeah, yeah it was, I've never seen a more bald man. <laughs> so bald. Yeah. So but bald. his wife and son are dead, and his best friend. So I have yeah, more time for him. Where's your Scientology him. god now, yeah. John Travolta? Hmm. Yeah. Elron. Um. I just think 
everyone there is a lost soul. Like you're either <laughs> believing in mm. aliens or like I believe Ozempic. in aliens, but I don't mm. believe in Scientology. There what do you is mean believe we've they've seen them. Like they are here. They've shown them on the cameras now. Like yeah, yeah. they are out there. Who? Aliens. NASA, have you not seen all that stuff? No. They're out there, Kate. NASA released footage of aliens? They yeah. have been for years. I know you're saying correct things, but you said that in such a crazy way. I am. <laughs> they showed us on the cameras. They're on the cameras. On the cameras. They're they here. They show up. They show up in my head movies at night. Yeah. Have you seen the NASA footage of aliens? Yeah, like it. There's, Why are we talking about this more? Because it's not really that exciting. Didn't you see? Nope, it was a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean it's not exciting that they're aliens? Well, so what it is is that like the government. The whole world was on fire when the, all that stuff came yeah, out. Yeah, the whole world literally was on fire, and it was like the perfect time for them to be like, oh, also here's uh, actually ten years of documents on unidentified objects that we have proved to have been in our space system, and we have no way to identify what they are or where they came yeah. from. Um, but yeah, so I guess the word now is a UAP. So they've like released all these documents and photos of like things that have gone through either Earth's direct atmosphere or in our orbit that we don't know what they are and they're not from Earth. So they've traveled have they through. Landed? They've not. Well, that's the thing is that like we don't know what landed means because they haven't necessarily maybe touched ground that anybody knows about, but maybe for them just being in a certain level of our ozone is landing. Like we don't know. So. Anyways, um, but then also with all these like balloon sightings and all of that, people have been like demanding more transparency about like what's happening up there. And everybody just keeps being like, people aren't ready to know what's going on. That's been the consensus for the the consensus from the government is like, we could tell you, uh, but we don't think the general public is prepared for these answers. Right. Because we actually don't have a lot of answers. To bring it back on topic, to answer your question, Janet, why people still like Tom Cruise is because he still makes good movies. He does. He does make good movies. He's good at what he does. Separating art from artist. Exactly. Um, I'd also like to say that a highlight of the night was seeing Sarah Pauly win yeah. for Best Adapted Screenplay. Susan did text me a picture today of me and you and Sarah Pauly <gasps> at brunch. So we there now have know. a picture of us with Oscar winner we've, Sarah Pauly. We've met an Oscar winner. That's amazing. I had no idea how petite she was. She's yeah, tiny. very small. That was a fabulous movie. S-M-O-L-L. Small. Love that movie. Love her. Read her memoir. I've been going through a real Sarah Polly kick. So we were screaming her name when it was when her category came out. Yeah, she's. I wish that had been nominated for more shit. Like, yeah. And why weren't those? Were Claire Foy and the other woman's name nominated? I, I no. feel like Jesse Buckley could have Jessie gotten Buckley, a best supporting. Yeah. She those, was great. Those acting performances were so fucked up. Good. I, I haven't seen it yet, but I really want to. It is. It's outstanding. There, as a, I felt that as a woman, it was very hard to watch because they were talking. Yeah, yeah. Shut up. Stop talking. (laughs) But like deeply, truly upsetting and disturbing. Um, but so but empowering, empowering, and like very cathartic. I was like really weeping by the end. I thought I was gonna be rolling my eyes at an earnest movie about Mennonites, and instead I was like, it was women crying. It was women feeling empowered. Through the the like power of the idea of of like true democracy that's female led, mm-hmm. it was like a vision of the future. I can't. Is say that one of your dreams? Movie. Perhaps, yeah. Should we get into dreams? We have anything else to say about the Oscars? Yeah. yeah, no, I came up with this idea by watching you know Kikon win his thing because it's I don't I've only you know a handful of times you see especially at that award show you see someone go up and they 
it genuinely seemed like that was the peak of what they ever thought they could ever even remotely think that they could accomplish. Mm-hmm. And to see them doing it, him looking down the barrel of the camera and saying like, mom, I did it, like kind of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wow, this is like, it's really refreshing, especially in that world and that kind of stuff to see someone like they had a dream and like the comebacks and all the whole thing. And like people live on all that kind of stuff. Right. But then it made me think about like, what, like, what is the dream and what would you guys consider to be a dream with the same kind of reaction? If you kind of achieved whatever, some kind of goal or something like that in the future, or like if you thought of one in the past that has changed or what's your dream in not so many words. Elise, would you like to start? Well, with this switch of industry that I'm hopefully going to do well, uh, it's funny because like two weeks ago I was singing in the shower. As you guys know, I've been listening to a lot of Elliot Smith because uh, it's been. Pretty... Oh, I know. <laughs> it's it's been dark. It's been sad. Walk through the apartment. It is kill the end of winter. It is the end of winter, and I was singing along to Elliot Smith, and I was like, I I wish Elliot Smith were still alive so I could do a duet because we've really figured out these harmonies. And then I was like, you know what I should do. I should go on X Factor. I should probably, I was like, what if I went on like X Factor or America's Got Talent or American Idol with absolutely no ambition to win? <laughs> like, not even like, oh, uh, I just want to audition, prove to myself I can do it. Like, no, I want to get through the competition, but I in no way am like, I hope to get a record deal out of this because I have so much music I want to write. I don't have that. I want to win because I want to make a name for myself. I don't want that. I don't want a music career. I just want to go on a music talent show and have to sing a song every week. Well, do the people of our podcast know that you can, in fact, sing? Maybe, but... You should tell them. One of the first times you ever came to my house... It wasn't. It was like a year in. We don't have to talk about this. This is a memory that I don't want to go down. She... She... (laughs) saying for me was it just you and i in the room no it was maggie and sarah gordon sarah gordon was in the kitchen she was like what the fuck are you doing and elise had to turn to face the wall because she couldn't look at us and she sang a joanna newsome song which is a very specific niche that you can sing like joanna newsome it was beautiful you think you're a fucking songbird so what if i did that every week for a live audience for no reason no reason at all uh other than fame and glory but not even for fame and glory, just because I want us to do a cover song every week with, well, you with can a big do that band for us. But I want people to text. <laughs> so <laughs> so a little bit of the fame and glory. <laughs> I want people to say, "No, I want to see that again next week." Um, that's a you f- have that power. I know that's an attainable dream. That's a dream that I I could do Try next out. season. <laughs> you could do you could do tomorrow because no, I looked on. They're not. You can't no, 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 apply. I'm not talking about on America's stage. <laughs> I'm talking about America's new stage, which you view hours of a day which is tiktok which is essentially the same thing now which is just there's no audience there's no live so, audience no and tons of audience the whole world yeah but there's no I live bet you there's more audience there than people who watch america's got talent no but in the theater where i'm singing oh you want literal <laughs> people want live audience <laughs> yeah okay well <laughs> try out um, do it yeah i'm gonna try out for the next i think there's canada's Canada factor? I don't know. I'll wait yeah, in line Canadian with you. Factor. <laughs> the Canadian factory. Tell uh, me when. I'll bring the dog. We'll wait outside. A uh, Billy oh. will harmonize with me. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh. This is called Ode to Poop. <laughs> ooh. Um, and then, but I guess I'm more... Fur Elise. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually pretty good. Thanks. So they have your band. Me and Fur Billy. Elise. <laughs> That's actually really funny. 
I'll be here all night. <laughs> My dreams to be a stand-up comic. <laughs> You're killing it. You're on your way. You're holding a microphone. You're, you're really killing it. Yeah. Goal achieved, honestly. Mm-hmm. All but you gotta I, do is stand up. Yeah. I guess my more grandiose dream is that of which we're talking about, which would be to win some sort of award for a show that I work on, which is ironic because I also have already done that. Uh, Tall Boys won a Canadian Screen Award last year. It sits on my shelf in our bedroom. Uh, we're nominated for another set of awards this season, which will be going to on April 14th, and I feel very certain we will win at least two of, like, I think we're nominated for four different categories. So so you're going to get more awards for your shelf? Yeah, I'm going to get another award for my shelf. Maybe now we won't because I just said it out loud. But it is, it's weird because I'm in this situation where, like, the things that I've planned for myself are quite attainable, so the ceiling doesn't feel that high. But then it does feel high because I'm thinking, like, I'd like to win, and not even me personally, but I'd like to work on something that wins an Oscar or wins an Emmy or a Golden Globe or a SAG, something like that. That like and I want to put it in the background of your Zooms. Yeah, yeah. I want to put it in like a like a cabinet that I don't go in or something or someplace that people would not expect to see an award in your home. Mm. Um, but that's like the echelon I'd like to work towards is is working. Uh, on something of that caliber and you know the people that i've been interviewing with have done that so it's kind of like it feels within reach but also far away and i also don't really know what comes after that (laughs) um but i guess overall i'd like to live a comfortable life in a way where i can work on projects i want to and not because i have to Mm -hmm. that that might also be my dream financial security i feel like is what you're saying i am saying financial security to take risks and know that uh, it's not at the jeopardy of my family or that if i like truly want to go somewhere exotic for like two weeks and literally not talk to anybody i will still have a job when i come back that's also a dream of mine i like we're on the same path what are your dreams shannon Shannon? oh jeez. (laughs) um yeah, I don't know. I was kind of, I was thinking about this. I mean, I did get the invite yesterday. Kate was like, do you want to come on the podcast? The topic is, what is your dream? <laughs> this is what oh, dreams okay. are That's when we figured out okay. what our topic was. Um, Welcome to the parking lot production schedule. Thank you. Um, and I sort of, I was thinking about it sort of in the way that uh, Kate had said that you had phrased it, Elliot, which was like, maybe what was your dream 10 years ago? And what is that compared to today? And I feel almost like, um, feels like a bit of a weird mid work life crisis where I feel like I don't necessarily have that anymore. Um, I felt like when I was in, when I was younger, when I was in college um, and feeling very able to do sort of anything, I think I thought that there would be more almost. Um, but I think what, what I was really focusing on when I was younger, I, I, I think every goal or every sort of dream that I was envisioning had a lot of um, stake in what other people thought about it. Um, and I think more recently, similar to what you were saying, Elise, this just sort of idea of... of comfort um and you know I went through like a thing a couple years ago I deleted my Instagram because I had spent a lot of time uh really trying to like curate my Instagram I was doing a lot of traveling 
and I was spending a lot of time trying to get the perfect photo and the perfect caption and, and that brought a lot of sort of instant gratification to my life. Um, and I think that's also where I felt with, I had this, I had this thought that I was gonna, I was gonna write things and I was gonna write a novel and the, the idea of the, the finished novel and what would come after almost made more sense to me than the actual novel. And then I couldn't write it. Like mm. I couldn't, I couldn't do it and nothing, because I was thinking too hard about what what other people might want to see or read or right. or what I should be writing for other people. And so I think looking back on it, I think that the I think I make things that I enjoy more when I'm not worried about what other people are, are going to mm. think of it. Um, like I've done a little bit of of writing here and there over the past couple of years that are just sort of very random little snippets of, of this kind of stuff and I, I think being okay with the fact that it doesn't necessarily have to go anywhere or be anything mm-hmm. um, well, I feel exactly the same way as you that's yeah. really well put yeah thank you so I don't even know I don't even know that there is a, a dream other than just sort of being okay with maybe not um, maybe not fulfilling this idea of sort of interesting creative success that I once had when I was younger, which kind of sounds depressing, but I don't actually think it is. No, I think that's really realistic. And I think like, I don't, I couldn't even tell you what my dreams were 10 years ago, besides just like, don't be homeless, (laughs) like have a job. But I think sometimes also when you, are very creative by nature and you want to pursue that it's hard to kind of see any other option where you that you don't do that i think that's where i'm at where it feels like okay well success in this industry is like the only option what else am i going to do now mm-hmm. and i think that's very healthy to find a way to express that part of yourself and not think like okay well i have to get like a book deal and be like one of the best authors of all times like yeah. no you can write for yourself and that's enough yeah. And it's good, and you know that. You don't need somebody else to tell you. You don't need, like, a New York Times bestseller sticker to tell you that. Right? Who needs them? It's honestly overrated. No one even reads them. And, you know, I have a I have a corporate job that allows for little sort of snippets of of creativity here and there, but I think it, it finding something that engages my brain, mm-hmm. but that doesn't necessarily take over my whole life. I think the idea of a dream job is a bit of a... Um, catch 22 because Mm. once you once this thing that you dream and that you love becomes your job I gen like I genuinely think what is the saying like don't do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life I think that's so untrue I think think no matter what you do it it becomes if you're reliant on this thing that you once loved to make your life complete I think that's there's only sort of trouble that can come from that you know Mm -hmm. as soon as you have to do stuff when you don't feel like doing it it becomes a job yeah can i ask you a question Mm -hmm. what what did you want to be when you grew up and what would be like your your dream career or job if there is one honestly i don't i really don't know I really, really don't. I, I used to, th- I, I, when I, you know, when I was younger, I, I 
when I was in college, I was studying English Lit, and I had this really strong idea that um, I wanted to do something with with books. I took some some courses on uh, editing, and I found it really interesting to to go more into the process of creating um, editions of books, um, especially of older works, because there's these sort of original manuscripts. And each edition that's created of, say, like a like a Shakespeare, like a, the original folios, each each editor brings something different to those um, original texts based on their interpretation of the text, based on how they choose to um, interpret the words being used, um, mm-hmm. the 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 backstory of the the words at that particular point mm-hmm, in history, the language, yeah, that type of thing. And I found that very very interesting, um, but you know, didn't pursue it mm. <laughs> uh, and just kind of fell into, I've done like every, what feels like every job under the sun. And now I'm in something that I think brings me a lot of uh, satisfaction. Like I think I want to be close to the arts, like arts adjacent while not necessarily being, I don't necessarily want my job and my livelihood to have to rely on the creativity of my own brain. Right. Uh, yeah, I totally feel like that too. So being somebody more behind the scenes, like say in marketing or fundraising or something like that allows me to stay close to this art form that I love and, and, and live in the world of the, the, cre- the creative thing that brings me a lot of joy, but I don't necessarily have to be the creative one that brings success. So I don't have a dream job. No, but that I was think. that was very well put, though. Like I don't know. I think there's so much pressure on people to be like, you know. I was looking back at our episodes to try and find uh, a topic for this week. If there's anything we wanted to revisit, and the first one I saw was dream careers, and it's like that's such a difficult thing to answer. And I think it's even more difficult as you know the generations go on because you just you're you're bombarded with options and everything, right? So. And also, I think things move so quickly that, like, one thing you felt was, like, certain and great and substantial even five years ago, like, nobody gives a rat's ass about now. Yeah. You know, and it's, like, permanence and reliability and stability is also sometimes fleeting because we have so many options. Mm-hmm. Totally. You know? I also think when you're, like, a creative kid, so many people are telling you, like, write the book, make the movie, or, like, the... Yeah. Short, Go on yeah, Got Talent. Like, the Academy Award speeches are like, your dream is to win this Academy Award. It's it's like, it's as if anything short of that is settling. Like if your creative goal isn't that. So I think what you're saying, I really see of, of like, it used to feel like settling to, I used to think you had to be the director, like make the thing, like that's what it meant to be creative. And it, and if you wanted any other role in that, you were settling. But to understand the realities of making a creative project too, of like there's so many people involved, there's financial stuff involved. Like, do you have the means to go out and make your own movie or like take time off and write your book? Like, I think it's reality crashes down on you and you realize, do you even, like the act of actually making something happen, do you actually love that? Or do you just like the idea of like creative integrity as a kid because people tell you that's what the end goal of your creativity should be? 
And that's also what gets rewarded, right? We were just talking yes. about that, how mm-hmm. the costume designers and the technical directors get cut off in their Oscar speech, but the actors get to directors. go on. The directors, yeah. they get to go on for as long as they want because those are like the big, those are the big ones. Yeah. But, higher on the call sheet. But Ki Kwan worked, is, you know, worked his whole life and that was his goal and his Oscar and he won, but maybe that costume designer that was maybe that was her lifelong goal achieved as well right mm-hmm. but yeah because it's sort of more behind the scenes in a lot of ways it feels less uh worthy yeah of of our attention so like by um by acknowledging the fact that external recognition is maybe not the end all be all and i think also though like how we feel about actors is tied up in our like public perception of them in that sense of envy. We're like, I envy the like hot celebrity who's in every movie and can transform themselves and is like a great quirky personality. But I'm not like, I don't envy like the costume designer from All West, All is Peaceful on the Western Front or whatever. Cause I don't know who that is. They're not. That is what it was called. So peaceful on the Western Front. <laughs> all That's what good. they said about the war. Super yeah. peaceful. <laughs> they no said, one died. just had a chill time. They said and... all's okay over there. <laughs> In German, uh, but you know we don't have that like um, duality with them. We don't have this like parasocial relationship with those people too. Mm-hmm. But I think that's also just uh, takes away from your point. Like I totally agree with you. I just think, and specifically too, when it comes to the Oscars and how we celebrate them, is because mm-hmm. we're like, I want to be that person. I want to be Jamie Lee Curtis when I grow up. Yeah. And you know what's comforting is like financial stability and like a happy work-life balance. I want to make enough money that when I retire, I can open like a dog sanctuary for dogs that are like at the end of their lives that weren't adopted and just need like a nice place to to pass. Mm-hmm. That's a great dream. Just surrounded by Would dead. you take Billy even though he was adopted? Timeline might add up. <laughs> it's really sad. Kate, you would not want Billy to like go and die somewhere else. Have you taken a care of a dog at the end? It's pretty mm-hmm. messy. She literally has. Me? Yeah. What Maple? dog did I take? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. It was very sad. When Maple cried, I mean, when Maple died, I cried in my bathtub for like an hour. There you go. Kate, what's your dream? <laughs> uh, dog ownership was one of my childhood dreams, which has been achieved. Everything I thought it would be. Um, what else were some of my dreams? As like, when I was traveling, I had this vision that hit me real hard of me as like an old granny with gray hair and a big hat and like a cigarette dangling out of the side of my mouth driving a jeep through a desert with a dog next to me and I was like I think that's what I meant to be doing like traveling back to my ranch with like I don't know I just think for me freedom is like dog ownership and driving a car wherever you want to be and I want a jeep and I want a hat and I (laughs) very attainable that's dreams. honestly <laughs> how i want to spend my my uh older years I, it's just like so clear to me and it hit me all at once and i was like that's what i want uh so that's like a long-term dream do you think you're close to getting gray hair because you did get the dog i found a couple you, gray hairs you could get a hat <laughs> I, and you do but smoke. i want to like move to south africa 
Oh. I need to be in like a like I like I want to own a farmhouse with like a shotgun where I'm like not scared of the animals. Like I know how to deal with the like. You just offered to babysit lions. for us. How are you? How are you gonna do this in South Africa? Well, that'll be after. I'll be old. Okay. What's your timeline on having kids? Not for a long I'll time. I'll be in my seventies before yeah. you're. <laughs> we'll we'll do what Anderson, we Anderson Cooper did. We'll yeah. start at like fifty-five. Mm-hmm. But my more recent oh. uh, career goal that. I like dream about is that uh, I really it's what I do for our newsletter but I I'd like to like hone my skill and I want to be a New York Times book review critic oh you'd be amazing at that because there's this woman Molly Young who's my idol who's like she has a newsletter that was purchased by the New York Times and is now part of affiliated with them and she's like the critic for them um but she started off just like alone in new york writing her newsletter that went out to the world and i copy her format like identical and i just there's something about um the freedom to to read what i want and then to put out not reviews not criticism but like this very specific take that i have on books that's very much about voice and like my own kind of humor style and and it's more about curation and like what i'm choosing to read and talk about and like the way i engage with authors and like the the literary world at large and like i just think it's a niche that i care about so much and i want that to be how i make money like that yeah i think i've taken a long time of liking other mediums i'm obviously working in uh documentary and whatever shit we do here uh at work Kelly Clarkson <laughs> and I thought I wanted to be a journalist at first and I thought I wanted to be a teacher and I think this very specific niche that's my dream that's wow. what I want to do I think that would make me happy how do you go about achieving that dream I just have to start writing better and getting more people to read me okay so writing more but it was to the point honestly where it means so much to me i can't do it and like we have a newsletter currently any of our listeners and Mm -hmm. i was texting elliot being like what if i just didn't write my book reviews this this month and elliot was like i think you we can put it out without that but i think you really need to do it but it's at the however late it was like i've been trying to write these reviews for months and i i don't know why i can't Anyway, accountability is helpful, but getting better at that and just putting it out into the world. Do you ever worry, though, if, say, that did happen where you wrote this, like, acclaimed newsletter, would you feel that kind of exhaustion sometimes and avoidance of it where you're like, I don't even want to write this? For sure. That's, like, a core of my personality. So part of my dream is probably, like, going to therapy and getting <laughs> getting over my avoidance fears some mental work i need to do to be happy but uh that's the dream i didn't mean to nod so encouragingly of like yeah yeah mm. you do yeah yeah but I have, you should figure go to therapy yeah. yeah you should definitely be in therapy but I, I think that's great too is like mental fitness is something i'd like uh as my parents get older i am very fearful of doing the same things that my parents did unintentionally wrong to my own children and that's something i've been talking a lot in my therapy about is like how do I not do that? And sometimes the first step is just mental fitness. Yeah. Just yeah. So I think that's a good idea. Yeah, and you're you saying about avoidance. I don't think that really 
ever goes away. I don't think there'll ever be a point in time where everybody always wants to do whatever it is they're doing, no matter how much they love it. But I think it's kind of, it's, it's the same thing. It's like, as soon as you start putting words to paper and then it kind of flows and you remind yourself, this is, this is why I do it. It takes some strength of character to get to that phase. And I don't have that yet. Mm-hmm. Elliot. What's my dream? Um, my dream, I think I'm, I'm, I'm finding out now is, um, um, it's not a very interesting answer, but as time goes on, I realize more and more that my favorite director ever is Steven Spielberg. And it's not a, you know, it's not very out of the box. It's not very, you know, interesting answer, but there's nobody in my mind and he's, I don't know if you, if anybody's ever watched the documentary that HBO did on him and he was like under fire for a very long time because he made films that were just commercial successes, but they didn't have what appeared to be, I don't know, meaning or stuff that you would like read into or like the hidden anything behind it. It's just like, I just made crowd pleasers. I made blockbusters. And it's like movies like that where someone can go into the theater and you can, you know, you just enjoy it. You're usually smiling from beginning to end. There obviously is highs and lows and stuff, but like to create something that is enjoyed by tons and tons of people. And I think there is part of me that is seeking not a hundred percent validation, but also I think there are parts of, especially in creativity validation of like someone saying like, you did this, this is really good. Or like kind of like, I really liked that. And I think I do seek that out more than I lead on. Um, but I don't know, to be kind of the person who executes the vision of something and has that total control kind of a little bit opposite to what you were talking about, but like the person would be like, they come to ask me the question or they come to be like, what is it that we're doing here? And I want to be like, I would love to like have the answer to give that person and being like, well, this is what we're doing because I think this is going to be kind of cool when it like all comes together. And, um, I applied for film school last week and I got accepted. So I am going to go this summer to uh, the Ryerson, you don't call it Ryerson anymore. TMU. TMU uh, Film School for the summer. That's so exciting. Yeah. And it's going to be 12 weeks of very intense filmmaking, it seems. And I'm really excited about it. Kind of scared. It's full time. So it's Monday to Friday, 9 a.m. to 6 every day. So it's intense. Wow. And um, yeah. And like my compendium to that is, Ooh. is that the right word? I Depends just was about on what you're trying to say. <laughs> in addition to that, like my, my adjacent, big word. adjacent dream to that would companion? be, um, companion. Sure. That's a good one too. Um, to get to a point in time where I feel like my creative sauce, if you will, is being sprinkled out evenly and I get it all out or I feel like I'm all my creative energy I feel is getting out in the things that I'm working on. It's like right now I'm in a kind of interesting place because I'm doing the podcast. I'm doing this other project, which I'm getting closer to talk about what I'm not ready to talk about yet. And a few other little things or like little hobbies at work, like at, at work or doing my woodworking and stuff. And it's like my, 
my, I don't know, my energy is going to all these different things. It's being spread out. And to feel like to get to a point, like for your career, that it's like, I have this thing that I'm working on that I know I'm going to work on this and I'm doing this and stuff and feel like I'm, you get home and everything is done. You'd be like, now I can relax and not have to move all the pictures on the wall or do a painting of something that I don't need to do or whatever it is. Like feel like it is. I'm, You'll have I'm, some quiet in your brain. I'm sprinkling it out. And I'm not like lying in bed thinking like, Oh, I have to edit that thing. And I want to edit it like this or whatever, like get that stuff out and get it done and like get it kind of all planned out and perfect. Um, but yeah, um, I think I want to do directing. I think I want to learn about all that kind of stuff. I do want to do more acting. Um, that's less so, as time goes on, but I think I just need to kind of get back into it. Um, and my other dream would just be to, you know, not do any of that stuff and like open up like a very small boutique, like woodworking shop and just like make fucking, sorry, Tracy, weird shelves and fucking stuff like that. And just stain things and paint stuff. With Sounds like piss. a really good job oh, too. Yeah. Um, problem with that is, is the tools and the space and everything, everything costs money. Everything costs money. Yeah. Well, my dream is that we have a big co-working space that we rent in the West End with like mm-hmm. music playing and like a garage door that opens and like dogs running around, mm-hmm. and babies crying, crying power and tools, yeah, babies crying <laughs> and the saw going. And I just want like creative chaos where we all just go in and like work together. I want someone to be like, I'm having a breakdown because I can't even hear my own thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be quiet. Right? There's, There's a baby mostly. here. There's a yeah. baby here. Smells like crying. <laughs> but I want people to drop by because they want to like hang. Someone's you know? eating old popcorn they found in a cupboard and it tastes disgusting. Yeah. And continue to eat it throughout the recording. <laughs> yeah. so quietly crunching. <laughs> That's a that's a good. I think that that feeling is like a love hate feeling where you like find something sort of very specific and creative, especially if it's something with your hands. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what if I could just do this? That's how I felt in the pandemic when I started making um, macrame. I knew you were going to say that somehow. Really? Yeah. Probably because you were going to say macrame. Everyone started doing macrame, but it was so. I started making, and I would just like look at a picture of some sort of basket weaving hanger thing, and I was like, I can probably figure that out. And I would make all these, and I made a bunch, and there's a, a zillion in my house. And it's like that feeling of like, what if I could just take this thing that I'm doing with my hands and do it? All the time because somebody it's so else satisfying. It. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody takes it from my home in exchange for currency. Money. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think you possess what maybe we don't have is just knowing that like your creative output in your professional sense is what would give you gratification. And you feel like you have that stamina to like put something out into the world, know it's good, want to do it again. And that's your fulfillment where I feel like for us, we've kind of realized that like doing that exertion might not be the fulfillment we want and that we actually need. And yeah, fuck. If I, if I go to bed and I have not shaken out that sauce, it is, it's dangerous. I will not sleep, but it's like, I don't know. Shaking it's a weird out way that of saying. Sauce. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. What are like, you what doing do you before, do bed? before bed? Ew. No. Every night I shake out the sauce. It's going to shake out the creative sauce. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh, every, kids listen to this. Every night? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Where was I? Um, 
Yeah, I like the way that you're describing that. I admire it so much. And I think at one point I hoped I could be that person and I'm realizing I'm not. Sure. That's, and hey, that's you. It's totally cool. Do you have any sort of specific goals to come out of the summer? Like, do you have this sort of thought? Like, EGOT. This is the. Yeah, EGOT. (laughs) EGOT Tony. EGOT by 30 would be great. Like, do you have this sort of sense of these are the kind of movies I want to direct, or are you more just like having this light bulb moment? It's kind of the light bulb moment, but it's also just like I want the. My other the other dream is just like to have that kind of preliminary block pushed out of the way, whether it being knowledge, money, I don't know, location circumstance where it's like, I can't do the woodworking stuff because I don't have the the money and the space to do the stuff they want. Like I have the, just the beginnings of what I could start to learn how to do all these kind of crazy things. I just have nowhere to do it. Like a table base, a table base, a anything. I just don't have the space. I need like a laptop holder, vacant garage, all that stuff. I don't have the tools to do it. And yeah, measuring tape. and I have a measuring tape that's broken. Yeah. And a screwdriver. Um, are you gonna have to like make a film for the class, or are you just learning I have to do technical a short skills? Film. Yeah. Wow. Will you need thing. actors? I will need actors. Are so you volunteering yourself or get just ready. asking? No, no, no. But I'll PA. Okay, great. Um, but then in terms of the film stuff, it's kind of just I want the the bedrock, if you will, of to then be like I know. I have the base understanding to then push myself forward to like find out what those films are. And like, I know how a little bit of like a jumping off point of which, which direction to head into. And then hopefully, you know, that's all the same time. The biggest thing is like meeting other people who are also into doing that same thing. Right. And it's just kind of like, I want someone to be like, be like, yeah, I want to make this like crazy movie about this stuff. You're like, okay, well I'd love to like help you with that and like see how you do this kind of things to like influence my own imagination and all that kind of stuff. I like to, almost pushing myself into corners of forced learning to like, I will never learn guitar on my own. I would have to like sign up for lessons, go to the place to do it or else I'll never do it. And then I'll just be stuck going in circles, but I'm excited to see where it, it ends up by the end of July when I'll be done. I think that's very impressive. It's, uh, it's certainly not easy to, um, I think be honest with yourself about, what you want to do and making changes like that. And especially going back to school for something radically different can be very intimidating. So mm-hmm. yeah, good for you. Um, hopefully it goes well. And if not just waste a bunch of money. Great. It's not a waste. Who cares? You will Amen. still use those skills throughout sure. the rest of your life. Do you promise to be less annoying than the Daniels in your Oscar speech? No, I don't promise anything. Okay. I'll definitely be more annoying. I thought you were just going to end the question. Do you promise to be <laughs> less annoying? <laughs> after, you, after, you, after you learn something? <laughs> you shut the fuck up now. <laughs> Top Gun, the best picture. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm going to start asking people that. That's really great. You're doing that. Do you think you'll be like less annoying? Than you're doing <laughs> It'll make that? you better by the end of it. Yeah. Any final thoughts for dreams, Oscars? Uh, My dream is to be in uh, an adaptation or remake of Dreamgirls. Mm. That's like already a Jennifer Hudson. remake. Yeah. Anyway, folks, let us know what your your dream is leave us a comment if you even know where to look you people seem to not know where to do that instagram the app 
Instagram oh, the app. Instagram the app. Wow. Yeah. Not for browser. Yes. And, you know, as always, thank you very much for stopping by. Bye. 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 Bye.